Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We'll re-engage the phone lines, the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. I will get to a couple texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, same number, 780-496-0063. We've got uh, uh, four or five uh, people holding right now. We do have an open line or two, and we're mostly discussing, do the Edmonton Oilers need... Uh, a little bit more truculence in the lineup, uh, especially in light of what happened last night. Alex Edler, knee job on Connor McDavid. Uh, Darnell Nurse raced in, negated the potential power play. You want Nurse to step up in that situation, but do the Oilers need some players with different dimensions, especially given that they don't have a Vander Kane for the next three or four months? So we're talking guys like at a million bucks or less. That's sort of the price point. Go and get one of those guys just to change up the complexion of the bottom six. Quickly, we go into NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com, and here's Brendan Escott. It's a busy night in the league. 13 games across the NHL tonight. Four Canadian teams in action with Toronto uh, getting New Jersey at home. Calgary is out in Tampa, Montreal in Columbus, and Winnipeg is uh, home to Anaheim. Jets forward Mason Appleton missing 8 to 12 weeks from here following uh, wrist surgery. They've called up uh, Ville Heinola, he's a defenseman from the AHL, so obviously one of their scratches is going to slot in there. The good news for them is that Nikolai Ehlers did skate today, has not skated uh, actually a month to the day, October 17th, last time he practiced with them. Bakersfield entertaining the Calgary Wranglers uh, this weekend. Games Friday and Saturday. Oil Kings debuting a new third jersey tomorrow night. The Brandon Wheat Kings in town and the U of A Golden Bears and UBC Thunderbirds clash twice in town this weekend at the Claire Drake. You'll hear from head coach Ian Herbers on tomorrow's show. George LaRock will also be on tomorrow's show along with Elliot Freeman. 105 today for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff. 135 today. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Two quick text into the calls. Bob, thoughts on Costin and Yanmark? Yanmark was good. Costin's been better than I thought he'd be, frankly. Uh, I mean, threw a big hit on Dowdy. Uh, got a shot that hit the post. He's played pretty well in the two games. And Yanmark looks like he could be a useful bottom six player for the Edmonton Oilers. So, there is that. Again, you can uh, text us at 780 <laughs> Bob, I've got the perfect player for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Zach Cassian, says a texter. Probably not going to happen. KB says, Bob, the analytics nerds must be exhausted trying to come up with reasons to pump JP's tires. Unfortunately, the cap space is way more important than this team than JP right now. How much more does Ken have to see to determine it's not a fit? $3 million for a couple of hits and a breakout disruption is insane. Uh, take what you can get at this point from KB. I don't know what you can get for Paul Yarvey. I mean, we're sitting here 17 games into the season. The Oilers under an 87 game, 87 point pace, and Jesse has one goal and one assist. The goal was off a shot by Darnell Nurse that hit Jesse mid slot and got a piece of him and went in the net. The assist was uh, he won a puck battle to his credit along the wall in an empty net, and McDavid swooped in and sent it across to Nugent Hopkins. Um. Yamamoto, by the way, not on the ice today for the practice, nor was Tyler Benson, who's closing in on a potential conditioning stint down in Bakersfield. We re-engage the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Brendan, where am I going here first? I think we should go to Derek here on line one. 
Derek, how you doing? What do you got for us? Thanks for waiting. I'm doing. I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks, and no problem. Uh, just want to say that I thought it was a good game last night. Give uh, Coach McClelland a lot of credit. He had L.A. really ready for the Oilers. He's a good they coach. Blocked. He's a good coach. Yeah, they blocked everything. Yeah, I don't think the Oilers got too frustrated over that, but they blocked everything. But um, of course, my opinion after looking at you know like missing the Vander Kane, wow. But I think the Oilers are at the same point they were last year with nobody really taking a leap forward in, in, in the franchise. But my opinion, though, the bottom six, that was Yanmark and that that young kid, KK there. Awesome, yeah. He's a solid boy. And, yeah. uh, uh But what I want to uh, get to here is, okay, now okay, we're missing um, Kane. Yep. He's projected to come back what end of January uh, if they're lucky, dude. He, I mean, he has he was cut to the bone in his wrist. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't think it's as bad as the one that Mike Medano had. Mike Medano had an ugly one as well, and that one took about four months. But we'll see. So theoretically, when we got Kane, uh, what a, a leap forward the Oilers took, and now we get Kane back, and you know, hopefully, if we're still in the playoff picture, yes, unless if there is some significant move, better be uh, in the playoff picture. Okay. Yeah. And who would the Oilers look at? Because let's say from a lot of rumblings around a lot of people were saying, let's say the Oilers need another top, one more top six forward to put us over the top for that Stanley Cup. Who well, do you think yeah. the Oilers would trade and and who do you think the Oilers could okay. get? Derek, Derek, thanks for the call. A couple things. What I'm suggesting right now in the heat of what occurred last night is a short-term fix at a relatively cheap price point to address an area of weakness for the Oilers. Just, they don't have Evander Kane for the next three to four months. He plays in the top six. There's no Evander Kane out there. But can you get somebody in the bottom six? So a couple more. So I mentioned Zach McEwen for the Flyers, who right now is playing pretty high up in the lineup for Philly. He was on waivers earlier this year. He can skate. He hits. He will fight. He's, He's not a killer as a fighter, but he's, he can be an effective bottom six player for you. Uh, a couple other Jeffrey Vial's in the minors right now in San Jose. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know how great of a skater he is, but he knows his role. Matthew Olivier with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Mitch reached out to me and texted me that name. Just These guys are all, like, this is, this is a short-term fix scenario. Go get a guy like that. If you're only... The other one is, do they have an... Inter- Brendan, do you think it... Like, with Holloway only playing six or seven minutes, are we looking at potentially Brad Malone coming up? Like, is that... I mean, he'll at least play with... He, he does take penalties, but he'll play with a bit of an edge, and he can play a little bit at center. Now, Jay Woodcroft loves him. I did. I wanted to see Holloway get more of an opportunity minutes-wise here. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Is that your first step, Malone, until a, a, a trade ends up... I mean, or is that... Do they need somebody that's got a little bit more... Uh, fighting ability, I guess, what we're ultimately saying here. What do you think? Look, I, I, I see the next bit of the schedule here, and there's nobody on Vegas that has me shaking in, in my boots, and there's nobody on that Eastern Road swing. Islanders, have the, they have one of the toughest teams in the league. But they they ran the crap out of the Oilers last year in Long well, Island. I just, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a spot fix. I do agree with the the need to get Dylan Holloway into more effective minutes, absolutely. Yeah. So if it, and, and, hey, and if you can replace that with toughness, absolutely. But if, if a 
move is going to be made. I don't think it necessarily For, for the record, before Kane and Yamamoto got hurt, I wanted the Oilers to upgrade. I mentioned Sam Lafferty as a third-line guy. That he, He's not super tough, but he's fast, and he hits, and he's a good penalty killer. Um, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Full board, uh, we will go to uh, Kim has... Am I reading this right? Yeah, Kim's been waiting, or Norm. We're, let's go to Norm. Norm's been waiting 16 minutes. Hey, Norm, thanks for uh, waiting for us. How you doing? Thanks, Bob. Uh, thanks for taking the call. I'm doing good. Hey, i got a couple of questions here. Not a question, but I'm 100% in agreement with you and the team toughness. The Oilers have to do something to address that for sure. There's a player who recently retired. That player is Curtis Gabriel. He knows what to do. He he knows his job out there yeah. for sure. And to provide instant team toughness. And he'd come in at a cap hit around seven fifty. Is there any uh, possibility for him to get back? In the I league? I don't. Curtis Curtis is a very different guy. Uh, he did know his role. I think he fought Luch one time, didn't he? When he was with New Jersey. Um, I just I just remember seeing him fight. He was in San Jose and he, he fought, fought everybody that year. He fought a lot of dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Good so suggestion. He knows what his job is, and he, how would he come out of retirement? Did the Oilers just offer him a contract? I, I don't know. Like he was on. You know what? I I thought there might have been a time last year they might have been looking at him as well. To be frank with you, and I'm not sure what ended up happening. I mean. You got like, like Gabriel's probably a better fighter than Zach McEwen. McEwen's a way better player. Like McEwen can yeah. skate and hit, and that's something that I, I, I you know, you watch Philly play, and, and he's playing too high in the lineup. He's on their second line. Good suggestion, though. Not sure it could ultimately come to fruition. Thanks for the call, Norm. Okay, thanks, Bob. We got a full board, Brendan. Where am I going next? Okay, now let's get to Kim here. Kim's been waiting over sixteen minutes. Hi, Kim. How you doing? Hey, Bob, thanks. I'm doing good. No, I just wanted to uh, just comment. I, I totally agree with you. Last night I was just frustrated watching um, that hit on McDavid and McDavid getting frustrated. We just need somebody that can come in there and, and do the dirty work so that our stars don't have to do it. Even Kane, you don't want Kane fighting when he comes back. So I, I would I would love to see Zach McEwen. I, I watched him this year, and he seems like he's got a lot of energy and a lot of spunk. And, and uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for the call. 780 Six zero zero six three. We're going to go to a, a different Norm. Norman on line number two. Hey, Norm, how are you doing? Bob, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. Hey, buddy, we go back a long ways. I oh. just wanted to just, you know, bring up a couple of points here. Uh, you know, you, you and I, when we were younger, we used to we used to bleed this Oiler blue, and we used to talk about this team for forever and ever. Last night, the frustration level, to me, was was real, real difficult. You know, all the guys have been talking about team toughness, about uh, getting a, a guy that's tough enough to, to handle these issues when McDavid goes down, et cetera. You know, we, we went through that. We've been through that before where it cycles through and then you don't have the talent but you got some toughness and now now we're talking again that we need tough guys who who is that gonna who are we gonna replace who you know who do we take out of that i mean if holloway is only gonna play six or seven minutes why not have a a, problem why why not have a fourth line guy that brings energy that plays six to eight minutes that can get into the four check and hit somebody there's there's a term that the oilers of the 80s would use keeping the flies away Right, you need somebody to swat the fly. That's what Dave Samantha, like. And here's the thing: it is a different game, so it's a tricky one, Norman. Because I'm sitting here going, "Well, you know, I look. I have use for analytics, but at the end of the day, you still need heart and guts and character." And I'll, and last night's game was a playoff game. There was playoff intensity, and there was gamesmanship going on. 
And the Oilers' top three players, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nurse, all got involved in that gamesmanship at different times, and they kind of had to take matters into their own hands. Right. And I'd like somebody else to do it. And, like, you know what? It's it's as simple as I know for a fact, like, and here's the thing, with Evander Kane out, it becomes a bigger issue. Because I know for a fact that Evander Kane was part of the reason why Matthew Kachuk went away. Like, yeah. not only did Matthew Kachuk go away in the series against Calgary, he never played for the Flames again after that series. Exactly. Right? I, I don't know what Evander Kane said to Matthew Kachuk. I have a pretty good idea. Because sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah, when a guy, when a six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound guy looks at you, you know, and and you're you're five eleven, one ninety five, you might smarten up in a hurry, right? And that's yeah. just kind of how it, it's like. You're sitting there going, "Do I really want to get it?" Like something happened to Matthew Kachuk during the course of that series, and I, Kane has some of that gamesmanship. Well, they don't have that for four months, that's right? right? So you got to you got to do something to change. And you got to get, and I think you're going to have to get creative. So that's where I'm going. Norm, hey, I got a full board. Thanks for you calling. Thanks, Bob. You be bet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Former defenseman Mark on line number three. It might get feisty here. How you doing, Mark? You know, I'm doing fine, Bob. I've been fuming. I mean, you you've seen my text, so I, I'm going to try to keep it as uh, you know on the rails as possible. Um, this is a problem the league has, and and they've had this for a while. Uh, you know, I commented about them uh, needing to protect their stars. Well, in all honesty, they need to protect any talented player that is trying to get around a guy, and the guy sticks his knee out to avoid getting beaten. Uh, I've seen this for decades, that play, and it's dangerous, and it needs to be taken out of the game. Can you imagine if, uh, if Connor McDavid suffered a career-ending injury because of that garbage you know, I mean, how many people have to be uh, have their careers shortened because of uh, this type of play? What did Mario Lemieux call the league back in the day? A garage league, right? Like, they don't, I think they're getting a, well, you know what? I, I used to argue a year ago at this time that they didn't protect the Stars because McDavid couldn't draw a penalty in eight straight playoff games against Chicago and Winnipeg. Um, and, la- and last night, like, there were, uh, Gabriel Velarde, people would not have seen it on the TV, but he high-sticked Connor as Connor was trying to break up the ice. Like, he clipped him right in the side of the head. And Connor turned around, and McIsaac sat there with his arms crossed and waved him on. It was an obvious penalty. Like, Gabriel Velarde. Like, he's, and Gabe's a good young player, but he clipped him with the stick. McDavid clipped the player with the stick on a follow-through when he was got the stick up. It was a penalty. His second one of the game. And, then, and I didn't buy for Like, if you don't think Alex Edler didn't know what he was doing when he took the cross-check, being shorthanded in that situation... You know, like, I, I just, I, all right, so part two of that is because the league, Mark, doesn't protect the Stars, what do you have to do? Well, this is, this is again, where we're getting back into it. I thought this league had evolved. Clearly, this league has not evolved. And it's, and it's, and it's because of the, it's because of the officiating and it's because of the league themselves. So we'll get into part two, as you called it, part two. Um, and then we'll get into the suspension that needs to be handed out to Edler. He's uh, not going to get suspended. No chance. Well, and, and so, okay, so let's just say for argument's sake he doesn't get suspended. And I'm arguing, I'm arguing 15 to 20 games. And you'll think that's crazy. And most people will think that's crazy. But how did they get rid of the high hit? How did they get that out of the league? They, Those suspended. Players became, they became suspended right out of existence. 
And that's what you have to do in regards to this. But that, that being said, the next time the Oilers play the Kings, I wouldn't even try to hide it. I'd have a super heavyweight out there. His only purpose in life that game is to go out there. I'm not talking Todd Bertuzzi and more. That was disgusting. He attacked the man from behind and cost him his career. I'm saying you go straight up to this guy. You don't even allow him the opportunity. That's what McDermott's doing in Colorado. That's who, by the way, looked after Connor in Erie. He played for Sherry Basson in Erie. Everybody knew don't screw with Curtis McDermott in Erie. And that is what Con- that, that is what Curtis McDermott has done in Colorado. He skated right, a- right after a cheap shot on one of their players. He skates right over the guy that did it, puts a stick between the, the guy's legs, and says, drop your blank and gloves. We're going. And half the guys crap their pants on the ice. And and the thing about it is, I don't want to see I don't want to see that in the NHL. But if the league is not going to police itself, really, yeah. I mean, if they're not going to do it, how are you going to do it? You have to you have to have somebody out there. And I, in all honesty, it sounds terrible, but I would have players in the way of the officials. And I know you saw that fight between Dave Brown and uh, I think it was Tom Kite. Jim Kite. Jim Kite. Jim Kite. Jim Kite. Yeah. And, I, and he beat him down so badly that while I was watching that fight, I literally shouted out, stop the fight, because the man was incapable of defending himself. In the case of, of Edler, I would absolutely sanction a man that his only purpose in life that game is to call him up, sanction him to beat Edler down, and when he is incapacitated, Give them a few more, and I would have players in the way of the officials so they yeah, that's not happen. Break it up. All right. Hey, uh, love the passion. Thanks for the call, Mark. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I put one of theirs in the hospital. You put one of theirs in the morgue. Wasn't that how it kind of worked back in the day? The Untouchables. Twelve fifty two in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout, and then we'll do another rack of calls. You're listening to orders now. What's that button for? Things you never want to say when you're on the space shuttle. It is uh, 1254 in Edmonton. Uh, some guests at Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Uh, this week coming up, uh, by the way, Brendan, you may get pressed into duty on the road. We're going to have to wait and see here how the things work out. Just an FYI, you might be hosting one or two of the shows next week. Right on. Sounds good. Possibly on Wednesday when Canada plays Belgium in the World Cup. I'm just saying. Uh, that doesn't sound good anymore. What the hell? <laughs> if uh, you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, you can join Oilers now in Vegas to see uh, the Oilers and the Golden Knights. Golden Knights here Saturday. They got Arizona tonight. Uh, a famous Vegas attractions. You'll be staying at the five star Cosmopolitan uh, Hotel on the Vegas Strip. Game tickets. We're going to do a couple welcomers at receptions, one in Edmonton and one in Las Vegas. For the Oilers now, Hockey Vegas package, reach out to our friends at newwesttravel.com. All right. Uh, we're not, uh, we're, I'm going to try to get through. Um, uh, we're not taking any more new calls. We're going to get through the final three. Uh, we're going to get to Brian, Woody, and Bob, who have all been patiently waiting. Brendan, where am I going here? Uh, Brian, maybe? Up on one? Brian, Brian. All right. Brian, the floor is yours. Go for it. <laughs> You're probably getting sick and tired of hearing uh, all of all of the, the, the bitching and complaining, pardon my French. But, um, you know, here's the thing. I grew up. In, in the days of the Big Bad Bruins, still the Broad Street Bullies and that, and, 
you know, back then, they, you know, like everybody's been saying, the players, uh, you know, police themselves. Sure, were there a lot of penalties called in a lot of these games? Absolutely. I still contend with the the NHL. They they pretty much eliminated the enforcer. They pretty much have tried to eliminate fighting, but. The bottom line is, uh, and I agree with all the other callers. If if the if the officials and the NHL are not going to protect or police the game properly, then let it be back. Put it back in the players' hands again. I'm with and, you. You know, right now the way it is, there's no consistency in the league at all. Uh, I mean. Uh, yeah, and I'm not complaining. Were the penalties that the Oilers got were they penalties? Yeah, were they some some of them pretty soft penalties? Absolutely. But something like Adler, I'm sorry that 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 Brian is- Brian the same guy John McIsaac officiated the game in Chicago. They called everything that night. Okay, and the Oilers were in the box the entire second period. They called everything they possibly could have in that game. He officiated the game last night. There was backside interference, picks going on, sticks getting up in the first period. He, and and the fact that Edmonton only got one power play, that worked to uh, – and Connor was still hot after get, getting his knee uh, taken out by Edler. That worked to L.A.'s advantage because they got a crappy penalty kill, 26 in the league, and the Oilers are third in the league in the power play. And the Oilers only got one power play the entire game. There was So you have the same official, and he officiates a game in completely a different standard than he officiated less than a month ago. That's And they don't protect the Stars. The NBA protects the Stars. The NFL protects the Stars. I thought they were starting to give Connor some more calls. But uh, I don't know, man. Like last night's game? L.A. sat back in that trap, and and then they picked the Oilers off when they tried to get on the forecheck, and some sticks would get up, and you could water ski, and there were snow calls. And it was the same guy that called everything like a month ago. It was crazy, Brian. The biggest problem that I find is that the, the, the officials, they govern or manage a game as they want with impunity. If, if a player does something, he has to answer for it to the fans, to the media, to the league. Same with the GM. Wow. Same with the coach. Wow. Wow. But the officials do not have to. I remember when John Short put Danny Morell on the year. I used to grow. I love John Short. I used to grow, listen to. I used to call into his show. He put yep. Danny Morell on, right? Like, Danny Morell was involved in, in some very debatable. The, the the infamous game where Calgary got eliminated in the 1990 Stanley Cup playoffs by the LA Kings and the crucial this he refer, he officiated that game. John Short put him on. You're not allowed to do that there, you, and and it's almost impossible to get the head of the officiating on as well. So it's, but that's what I'm saying. They've got total impunity. Yeah, they, they, they don't have to answer for anything and. That's got to change. I'll let you get Thanks to the Thanks a lot. Yeah, well, you know what? As it's worked out, uh, we're not going to be able to get to Woody and Bob. I'd like to apologize. And to everybody that uh, took time to call in, I will work through some texts in the second hour of the show. We are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Christina Drapeau. And when we come back from Daily Faceoff of the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, Frank Saraboli.